Welcome to the Leadership in Yoga podcast hosted by me, Shauna Kruger. And on this podcast, I'll be bringing you interviews with exceptional leaders in the yoga world alongside trainings and tips so you can experience true breakthroughs and help others do the same. Hey, it's Shauna here. And before we get into the episode that Katie and I recorded for you today, I wanted to give a little disclaimer, not because there's anything bad about the episode, but because I wanted to give you a little bit of additional context. So it was really important to Katie and I that we recorded a podcast episode actually there physically in Rio Chiripo. And so you will hear the river in the background. And you're also catching us at a moment that was the end of the retreat. And if you've ever taught a retreat before or you've ever just been around people and kind of in a leadership role for multiple days or even multiple hours, you know that it is the best feeling at the end of that time. And it is also a time in which you are definitely kind of hitting a wall and getting a little bit tired. We had a little bit of the silly tiredness going on. And so just so that you know if we get a little bit long-winded with any of our stories that's why but we're excited that you're here to listen to them and i think there's a lot of value in the capturing of those moments at the the moment or, or directly after when they occurred also if you are interested in joining upcoming retreats with us send me a message on instagram at shauna crew and We'll get you first on the waiting list for that because we are going to have another retreat launching soon. Very excited about it. And if you are a listener of my podcast and you have not yet done so, could you please take a moment right now to rate and review? And if you would also share, it really helps me keep this program rolling and keep bringing you additional interviews additional stories content and all the good stuff all right let's jump into the show leadership and yoga welcome into our retreat recap episode and i'm here in rio chiripo with katie hello and we wanted to record this episode live right here right now after just wrapping up our retreat because you know, you see the end result of the retreat and you see all of the photos and at the same time, you don't really get a good look at the behind the scenes, the entire story of what it was really like to be here, to plan the retreat, to arrive at the retreat, which is a very comical story we'll get to soon. But really what you can expect in this episode is a very authentic storytelling, memorable moments, some takeaways but i am going to have an additional episode on specific reflections and takeaways in terms of if you yourself wanted to host a retreat but regardless i think that if you are thinking about attending a retreat or you're thinking about hosting a retreat that everything that we share today and all of the different stories and messages that we have for you will be definitely of interest so with that said does that sound right katie in terms of purpose of the podcast yes and you're getting us at the very end of the retreat. It's late. So this truly is our best selves. <laughs> <laughs> this is our best selves that we have to offer to you at this moment. You can hear that both of our voices are actually almost, not, they're not gone, but they're, they're pushed to, to the edge, absolutely, because we've been doing so much sharing, so much teaching, so much laughing. I would say that I have not laughed this hard in so long. I I can't even remember the last time I laughed this hard, both with the group and then us 
in the cabin after teaching and planning <laughs> and just kind of the the crazies sets in. But today we're going to start with what I think makes sense to start with, and that is arriving to the retreat. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Yes. Day one, a lot occurred. There was a lot. There was a lot occurred. So let me just tell you what happened. Um, we went to check in for our flight, and I realized that as happens often to me because of the airline credit card I have, shout out American Airlines, I guess, uh, I will receive these upgrades to first class. And so we received a, an email that was like, congratulations, your upgrade has been confirmed. And so we were super excited. We're on the way to the airport. I've never flown first class before. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the time of my life. Yes, and my husband's Simone on the way there, he's taking us to the airport and he's like, you're gonna love it. It's gonna be this, it's gonna be that. You're gonna have a warm towel, you're gonna have hot meals. And we just keep getting more and more excited for it. And we get to the airport and it turns out that your flight has been canceled entirely. I mean, moved, there was no time specified that the flight was going to be moved to. So completely back to the drawing board in terms of how are we going to get to Costa Rica. We had conveniently already checked our bags. And so at this point, we were waiting in this big line to figure out how we could get to Costa Rica. And the next best option ended up getting us in about 12 hours later. It was on different random airlines. And so when we finally did board our flight, we were in uh, row... 32, I do believe. Was yes, the deluxe seat next to the bathroom. <laughs> yes, and so all the time we were there. Middle seat went from first to <laughs> worst. From first to worst, given the best and then just had it ripped out of our hands. And on top of that, we had to spend the night in Fort Lauderdale. Yay, my home state. Yes. Not the way I wanted to meet it again, but... For those of you that don't know, Katie is from the beautiful Florida. And so we ended up spending the night there in Fort Lauderdale and we got into San Jose the next day, I think like 12 hours later than we originally intended to. But I've, I've almost gotten ahead of like one of the key moments because when we were reflecting on peaks and valleys of the retreat, the definite valley of terror was the moment in Fort Lauderdale when they could not find our bags and they were like we do not know where they're at we don't see them in the system and this is a very big problem because katie and i just finished writing our guided journal we had them all printed packaged them up they were all in my suitcase and all of the notes that i had handwritten as well for the retreat attendees everything was in the suitcase and in addition to that what other things of yours were in your bag? Literally everything. Like I normally, I <laughs> I plan for worst case scenario. I have like a, a carry on that I have all the most important essential things. This time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to travel light. And I just had like one of those silly drawstring <laughs> bags that they give you for free on college campuses. I had that with like <laughs> my phone and passport and like, a crumpled napkin so literally <laughs> all of my yoga clothes all of just literally everything my my only retainer all of my my contacts my glasses I mean I was like 
I was a little worried. <laughs> I was quite frightened. I was just like, well, I'm going to teach, I guess, in the same outfit every <laughs> single day. Oh, man. But anyways, we spent all this time and it's good to travel with a partner because at least, you know, we had each other to, to stand in the, the luggage, whatever the dreadful office is that they have for when you're missing luggage. And luckily, two really sweet ladies were doing all that they could and it turned out that we had to go back down to a different baggage claim and when we got to the right baggage claim because they had finally found what airline company had been transferred to there we see two lonely bags going around and around the conveyor belt our sweet suitcase and katie's backpack we were very very happy i have to say that was actually from a valley to an entire peak mm -hmm. definitely yeah i never again will i not pack my retainer and contacts and glasses see you try to be adventurous one time and then the universe <laughs> lets you down that's okay we love being prepared and a lot of that is what we'll talk about today yes. <laughs> you'll see the importance of being prepared because we arrived early like we wanted to arrive early to the retreat center just to make sure that if anything happened, we would have a good amount of time for padding. So great thinking on Shauna's part. Um, and it really saved us Yeah, and, and that lady. And it's actually, even though we missed out on first class, it's still good that we were upgraded, even though we didn't get to enjoy all of the amenities and the warm towel. Because we were in first class, we were also first in line to get help to reschedule our flight, which ended up leaving like an hour or so after we got rebooked and if we had to wait in the giant line with everyone else we probably would not have gotten a really decent flight we would have been way behind schedule so shout out to everybody at the airport who helped <laughs> make that happen and we just received an email for our return flight and we've been upgraded again so fingers crossed we'll keep you updated yeah i have trust issues now but sending out good vibes <laughs> we'll see if it actually happens but anyways yes that's a major takeaway you know if you're planning on leading something we plan two nights early and I think that's really essential because if you don't have that ability to center yourself in the space and to prepare yourself, it is everything else is much more difficult because with retreats, I think the very cool and also odd thing about them is that the teacher is no longer behind any sort of magic curtain. Like you are there all day long on and you're teaching, you're entertaining, you're coordinating, you're sort of caretaking in a way, making sure that everybody's having a good time and is doing all right. And you're a, if you're attending the retreat, you're seeing an entirely different side. I mean, you're really seeing like the reality of of your teacher and like what that they're obviously a real person, which hopefully is apparent in classes as well. But you're getting to know them and see them on such a different level. And so I think in order to show up as your best self or as the version of yourself that you would like to be ideally it's it's really helpful to not have that frazzled state and I'm, I'm very glad that I didn't arrive from Fort Lauderdale airport into teaching yoga I guess it would have been you teaching yoga in the <laughs> evening <laughs> 
But anyways, so we arrived and we're in our my home state. <laughs> and I was really excited because they because of their their error, um, or not error, but rather their rescheduling, they put us up in a hotel that night in Fort Lauderdale. And we're like, you know what? We were gonna stay in a hotel anyway, so we'll make the most of it. We ended up waiting for a bus to take us to a hotel <laughs> that was like, I was probably like a 10 minute walk from the airport and we waited like an hour and a half. Um, it's fine, we're rolling with the punches. What really got me through was, if you are from Florida, or I don't even know where this, this chain is located, but I grew up eating at Pollo Tropical, <laughs> like fast Caribbean food. So if, if you know, you know. And I hadn't had it in years. I was just excited for Pollo Tropical and getting to the um, hotel room and sharing my my favorite fast food chain with Shauna. I had never had it before. Okay, how, how did it do? It's great. Yeah. Best rice and beans on a we were starving on, on a budge <laughs> on a budge yeah <laughs> it was yeah it was fine um we ended up I've never seen amazing race and it felt like we had just been through an amazing race <laughs> so across the country so yeah we, we just spent the night hanging out watching the amazing race and getting ready for a whole full day of adventure the next day so we land in San Jose and we go through customs we pick up our suitcases, backpack, very happy that they made it once again to the final destination. We're feeling good. We go outside, our lovely taxi driver is waiting for us. He's super sweet, puts our bags in the back of the car and we like sit down finally and I feel like a sense of peace because I'm like, okay, now there is no barrier. Like now we're gonna arrive, you know, like from here on out, things are gonna be smooth sailing and we start backing out of the airport and I guess the taxi driver's phone was connected to, it was obviously connected via Bluetooth because he was putting music, but he also had on whatever setting that is where it reads your your messages to you out <laughs> loud. And so I think most of you know that I speak Spanish. Also Katie speaks, Katie speaks a little oh, Spanish. Un poquito. <laughs> un poquito. Un poquito más que un poquito. But we're in the car and I'm assuming like the taxi driver knows I speak a little Spanish right but probably to his horror the phone started reading this message that was like what was it it was it was something like mi cariño suena bien me estabas matando (laughs) it's just like okay my love that sounds good you were killing me. <laughs> and I was trying so hard in my sleep deprived state to not laugh and like to not even just show a change of face. And I almost just said something to him joking about it, you know, to kind of break the ice because it was really awkward and really loud and just really weird. And I thought it was hilarious, but I ended up just kind of like making one of those weird, awkward smile faces and like looking down and looking away but that was probably the most eventful part of our taxi ride other than that we later on like clearly he had forgotten to turn off the setting even after that embarrassing moment and there was a moment shauna was listening to a podcast i don't know if she caught the whole thing but um later on i i heard the message pop up again through the car speaker and all i heard was like 
Los Americanos, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, huh? But I, I tuned in my ears too late. I didn't catch the rest of what, what the screen said, but would have loved to have known what he was saying about Los Americanos. Yeah, Los Americanos, probably talking about us, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, mental note. <laughs> Don't have your messages read out loud Change over your, your speaker. Right Change your settings. That's a horrible setting. I would never have that anyways. But once we arrive to Rio, um, everything here is absolutely fantastic. And I know I've shared before on this podcast what it's like to stay here. But in brief, and I'll, I'll describe it and then Katie, I'll let you share kind of your impressions of the place as well. But I had already been here before. And so something that's really important to me with choosing a space for a retreat is something that I have visited personally and I know is going to deliver the, the kind of experience and the kind of magic that I want the retreat attendees to experience. And so coming into, into Rio Chiripo or Rio as it's commonly called, I guess we're gonna call it Rio in this podcast. Um, the service and the people here are so wonderful, so sweet, so welcoming. And on top of that, you just are in this oasis of green, and there are almost so many details. We were noticing that today. There's so many details in the garden, so many different flowers and plants that you almost miss it at first because it's just so much to look at and you have to look really close to see all of it and truly soak it in. And when we arrived, it was actually nighttime. So Katie didn't get to see it all until the next morning. But what were your first impressions of it, Katie? Yeah, I mean, at that point, we'd been traveling so long, and I'd heard such good things about it, so I knew it was going to be great, but it was kind of nice arriving at night, getting settled in, and then waking up, and it's like so many windows in our cabin, so I literally just woke up with the sun and saw something that I'd never seen before, like it's truly a unique landscape. I'd never been to the cloud forest, and it's just so beautiful. Um, so lush, so green. There's, there's just like a an energy here that is is unmatched when it comes to a lot of the places that I've traveled. I love Costa Rica. Been here a couple times now, and I, yeah, I, I think it's especially important when you consider where you uh, choose, like what location you choose for a retreat. How does the energy of that place complement the energy? that you want the retreat to bring to the students. And I think that it's just immediately apparent for anyone stepping inside Rio, just the attention to detail, like you said, I, I mean, we'd been here now for like a week and just today I was looking at the same pool I had been looking at the whole time and I saw new flowers and I just sat in stillness and looked a little bit closer and there's just like delight at every corner. Yeah. So yeah, it's truly special. Yeah, I like that description delight at every corner. And I think that in addition to the aesthetic of the place, as you mentioned, the energy, that is also in the food. I mean, everything has intention behind it. Everything feels like it is done to the best that it can be. And there's a really sweet energy about this place, kind of like a homey, sweet energy and maybe almost like cozy I could say yeah which is interesting because like the place I mean it's it's beautifully designed it's 
it, it feels like it feels like quiet luxury, like grounded luxury almost. It's like the luxury is is in the nature that surrounds us, but just the way that they the food that's created from the garden and mm-hmm. the the flavors like and ugh, it's just I can't stop thinking about it. I'm already planning like how can I make <laughs> my own <laughs> delicious meals just like Rio. It's not going to come close, but yeah. It's a it's a work of art too and the last thing I'll say about it because there's so much that we could say and I think it will continue to come out as we tell the story of the rest of the retreat, but even the animals like there's the very adorable his name is yogi he's an orange cat and you'll probably see him featured in all of the photos and i'm pretty sure that half of the photos i took while i'm here are of yogi but just in the way that he's so relaxed and so loving and so at peace and um you'll notice that even kind of in the animals around here too and just the the nature it um it feels like animals and nature and people know that they're safe here um that's kind of an energy that that i feel when i'm here one of my favorite parts about hosting retreats is definitely the planning part i really enjoy it and there's so many different layers to it because of course there's the logistical side which another huge shout out to rio chiripo because Marco actually specifically and the whole team but the organization and the level of detail and help that they gave me and the ideas and special last minute ideas was absolutely incredible but the planning that we did before was the itinerary and the rough outline of what we're going to be doing and the intention of the retreat and I think as much as I can prepare ahead of time Okay, I got a little distracted. My computer's at 6% battery, and I think my brain is at 5% battery. But nothing beats being in the space and doing some additional creative work once you're there. And the other thing that I've really realized about the retreats is that it's so much more, obviously, it's so much more than yoga, and that is something that I'm extremely passionate about. That's why we do guided journaling in the mornings followed by the meditation followed by practice and then again in the afternoon we have a what I like to call breakthrough session a chat and an additional opportunity to reflect and connect in small groups and yes and more yoga in the afternoon like a traditional yoga practice but in the evening and this is something that's really cool that Katie does is the the yin and also yoga nidra and all of it is intertwined. It, it really moves people through. You know what I also think is cool um, because of how it's intentionally designed to include more than just yoga, that attracted a lot of people who had other dimensions of interest as well, aside from just yoga, like because we had a lot of reflection time and journaling time, we ended up having many writers who joined the retreat, all different types of writing um, and and journaling, people who do it for work, people who do it as like passion or hobby on the side. Um, It's it was really cool to see everybody connect. I mean, these these students, many of them didn't know each other before, and they ended up almost instantly connecting because of all these 
yes, synchronicities, but um, also just being attracted to this type of retreat that is, is more than just the physical. So I thought that was a really great element. Yes, I thought both the synchronicities that were unfolding and also how dynamic the group was on the very first day when we did kind of a, an interactivity that I'm going to keep a secret unless you come and join the retreat and you'll get to find out more about what it is. But when everybody was sharing and we were finding out so much about people, I was in awe, really. And I was in awe of this group in, in terms of the maturity, the willingness to connect, the depth, the variety of interests and it was it's always really really fun to meet everybody and I thought that this group within even within the first day it it felt like we had we had been together for like a week and I honestly think too like leading a retreat that's a another kind of funny random fact that Katie and I were discussing recently is that today even though today was our first off day quote-unquote because the students left uh and it was like vacation, I guess you could say, until now when we're recording a podcast at 9.20 p.m. But it was the shortest day. Mm-hmm. It really felt like the shortest day. And when you're teaching and leading and doing all of those sort of activities, there's an interesting kind of time illusion that happens. I don't even know if it's necessarily an illusion, but to me it felt like the first day of the retreat was one of the longest days I have ever lived. And I remember we were reflecting on what we had done that day and we were talking about walking around the property and we're like, oh wait, no, that was yesterday. And then we were like, oh, actually, no, 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 that was actually today. (laughs) But why, I, I I wanted to discuss this too, Katie, like why do you think it is that time was doing that for us? I think that, and I feel this similar way when you're hanging out with really good company. I think that being in a place like this with the intention to do the things that we do on a retreat, it makes you more present. And a lot of times when we're going through our regular week, we're thinking about the future. What do I have to do this and that and that? And there's this on the horizon and where you're ruminating on the past and something like this that allows you to slow down and you're focusing on the conversations you're having and just enjoying this new experience, it makes the day truly feel slower because it's forcing you to slow down. And yeah, I love how you phrased it, an illusion. And I, I definitely felt that way here. And I was just thinking as you say the word illusion, I'm like, maybe the real illusion is the way that we normally live in our daily lives when we're not in that state of presence. Like maybe that's the illusion and maybe the true experience of time that we all could have is this. Yeah, you know? I mean, we didn't add hours or subtract <laughs> hours of the day. We have the same 24 hours, mm-hmm. but the way that we spent it just was more intentional. And we still had the things that we quote had to do. We had to go to yoga, had to be here at this time and for that. but. We're finding little pockets during the day to um, to also just slow down and experience all of the wonders around us. Yeah. And it was interesting because when I'm prepping, I remember actually this one moment I was like drinking tea in the shower and probably had to be at dinner in 10 minutes <laughs> and just had had finished prepping what I, I wanted to say because you can't you cannot prep for everything. 
as much as you can plan ahead, I think it's so important to me in my process to have these little pockets of time to refine and to fine tune and even kind of just sit and contemplate like, okay, what now? Like what, what do people, like what would people like to experience now? What would be helpful for people to hear? What would be interesting and impactful for people to reflect on given what was shared, what was said, what was experienced as a group and also what the weather is doing you know, just being able to react and and have that, that moment to plan. I, I felt like I was constantly going throughout the day, but yeah, at this this nice pace. Like I, I, I really enjoyed these past four days. I, I really can't remember a time, I guess five days, when I've enjoyed a period of time in which I was working so hard simultaneously. And that's kind of the magic of, of hosting, in my opinion. On another note about how you can't plan for things, I loved living in the present moment and you kind of have to because you can plan ahead all you want, but sometimes unexpected things happen. (laughs) You're out in nature, you're in the wild, there are fun little critters popping up. Thankfully, not too many, but our favorite critter. <laughs> no, I'm not calling Yogi a critter. <laughs> call him a critter. No. You can't call Yogi a critter. He's know, the mascot. I know, I know. I love Yogi. Probably the sweetest cat you would ever meet. Um, not a critter, but definitely popped up in unsurprising places. <laughs> Literally popped up. Um, so Yoga Nidra, if you've never done it before, requires a controlled environment in which you are very comfortable so that you're able to drop into a deeper state of rest. Um, When you're practicing outdoors, that's not entirely possible. Although uh, our Shala did have four walls, a door, but it's sort of open air at the the top. There's there's like a space that allows for the beautiful views of the mountains all around. So uh, it's nighttime, we're doing yoga nidra, and uh, we're all cute and cozy with our blankets, relaxed in our shavasana. And unfortunately, we, we had Yogi the cat. Well, this is fortunate. Fortunately, <laughs> Yogi the cat came to join us. And I had to kick him out for yoga nidra. I had to be the bad guy. But uh, I could not have Yogi <laughs> wandering around and stepping on people while we were meditating, very distracting. And we had someone who was allergic to cats. So I was like, sorry, we're going to say goodbye to Yogi. So <laughs> I opened the door. I <laughs> gently put Yogi outside. I closed the door and I start leading us through the meditation. So very early on in the meditation, I'm, I'm talking it through. And then all of a sudden, I see movement at the top of the walls. I see Yogi has somehow jumped his way back in and is now jumping on top of the indoor fireplace and back into the room and is now walking around and everyone's like, Yogi! And Yogi happens to land on the one person who's allergic to cats. And thankfully, she was unbothered and Yogi rested on her Um, for the whole entire meditation, which is super cute. But uh, also (laughs) forgot to mention that just right as Yogi jumped in and I saw this movement, they're like, oh, Yogi. And then all of a sudden a bat flies into the room. And (laughs) does a few laps. Just does a few laps. And it's just a bat and there's Yogi and everybody is 
is stirring and it's funny because we actually recorded that yoga nidra meditation and you can barely very clearly hear in the intro i am like <laughs> oh yogi's here oh there's a bat um okay. yogi has re-entered <laughs> yeah so we did yogi nidra and yeah. it was really sweet but you know if i were someone who was like very serious I think that would have been greatly bothersome, but it just is what it is. It was funny. Um, and it's little things like that. Like that's going to stick with me uh, and it's going to stick with everybody. Like that's a funny moment to carry. So just be open to surprises and, and, and roll with the punches because there are a lot of punches that will be rolling in <laughs> <laughs> a lot of big orange fluffy cats that will be rolling as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think that I I had sore abs from how hard I laughed when Yogi re-entered and made his re-entry. That, that was quite comical. And he stayed there. It started pouring down rain. And so then we had to carry him back underneath an umbrella <laughs> all the way back to the building. Sweet Yogi. Yes. I think that sometimes the unexpected... No, that sounds really cheesy. <laughs> can actually be just what we needed. The unexpected can actually be exactly what we needed. No, but in all seriousness, I think that the unexpected and I may even say extreme, as was the case of the rainfall on one of the nights, it adds to the experience. Absolutely. It's more memorable, more intense. And one of those examples was that we did this, our, our afternoon fundamentals and inversions workshop. So we've just spent all day. Um, the middle day was the theme of facing fear. And so we had done all of this work and this breakthrough session on fear and, and then gone and, and practiced our inversions. And then afterwards we had breath work that I was, I was gonna lead outside by the river followed by a cold plunge. And it was absolutely pouring down rain. And I remember that moment I was like, should I, should I cancel? Like, should I just not, should I say that we're going to do it inside or in the, in the shala or postpone it? And then something inside me was like, no, I think that this is going to add to the experience. And we definitely gave folks the option to opt out and totally respect and, and understood that. But for the group of, of students that ended up going down for the breath work, it was about just over 10 minutes, I would say sitting in the pouring down rain and doing breath work followed by getting into the river and dunking and actually staying in for three minutes or so it could have actually been longer than that and the river is is quite cold and it was a very intense intense experience but absolutely one of the highlights for a couple of folks that they mentioned it and also for me teaching i think it was one of one of the moments that i felt really connected with the message that I wanted to bring and of course it's pouring down rain so not that I had notes but you know I couldn't have my phone or anything to look at for even timing it was just all it all it was all what it was you know and it was working with what we had in that moment and I just have to say that it would not have been the same on a sunny afternoon it was a sense of almost like going through that intensity that chaos that that powerful moment and then afterwards of course we got into the jacuzzi and warmed up and enjoyed that warmth 
I think so much more than we could have enjoyed the warmth otherwise. And speaking about the cold plunge and the breath work in the rain, which by the way was a total highlight for me, um, early on in the retreat, you mentioned a quote from Patabi Joyce, right? Uh, who says, no fear. Yeah, that was from Patabi Joyce. And I think most of us know the really, really common quote, which is practice and all is coming. It's it's now a hashtag. <laughs> That's honestly the first time I came across that. And I didn't even realize that it was from him or any of that. But then, you know, as I got further into my Ashtanga practice, I came across and, and was told by actually one of my teachers that he didn't only say practice and all is coming. He said many other things, including 99% practice and 1% theory, or maybe it's 1% theory and 99% practice, but same thing, different order. But the other thing that he said was no fear. And so that was the quote that I shared, and that's the one I think you're referring to. Yes, I deeply resonated with that um, because what I love about retreats, obviously there are moments of relaxation and comfort and just being at peace. I love, however, there's like a sprinkling of controlled discomfort in the way that we talk about fear. A lot of times that involves doing things that we know are necessary or we know that are helpful but are still scary. Things that could be like doing a cold plunge. We know we've heard about the benefits. We know lots of people that probably do it, whether it's a cold shower, cold plunge, whatever. But here we have it in front of us. And it's not like the most enticing thing <laughs> to do or to think about. But afterwards, when you do it, you just feel absolutely amazing. You feel on top of the world. And retreats are the perfect place to experience those moments of, of things that make you say no fear and you just do them. So I found myself weirdly every time I felt like, oh, gosh, the cold plunge. I'm like, I have to do it now because <laughs> that is just like. A, a way of helping to to beat that little voice inside that's just like don't do this it's uncomfortable and little moments like that such as doing a cold plunge or doing breath work in the rain or doing a beautiful two-hour yoga practice <laughs> which I love because it's truly great big buffet Ashtanga practice <laughs> you do everything it's amazing but like all those moments where you know that it's it's good for you it really like those were just some of my favorite moments of the retreat I just thought in my head no fear just do it and it's nice to have a community of people around you who are going through the same thing and they're cheering you on and we're all in the same boat and it reminds you that when you get back from the retreat when you're back in your daily life I'm, I'm going to be thinking about that. No fear. Um, I've proven to myself that I'm resilient and I've done the hard things. And I know that in the future I can do the hard things. Yeah. I'm a really, really big fan of that way of thinking. And I think that's true in, in all things. The being able to appreciate both sides of it, the contrast. And so another thing that I really like to do in class, and we did this in the two hour class, which I'm very proud of everyone by the way, who, who did that two-hour class because it is no small feat, you know, to be on your mat and moving for that amount of time without other things that you're able to do or focus on really is, is it's a big, it's, I would say almost like a big project, you know, it's, it's a, it's a long investment of your time and energy, but, um, I like to do a one minute in, inversion with absolutely crazy music usually like some reggaeton or some techno or, or something, something super crazy. And 
it is just absolutely obnoxious. I know that it's obnoxious and it is contrasted so heavily by afterwards winding down, stretching and heading into Shavasana that it almost feels like you can appreciate the quiet, the, the stillness, the relaxation and the slowness of your practice so much more after kind of experiencing the opposite extreme. So another thing, now that we're on the topic of extremeness was a really cool thing that we got to do as a group that was actually a total surprise and that was planting trees we got to go to the finca and we rode in the back of pickup trucks all piled in there as i feel like if you come to latin america you must do i I, it's really one of my favorite experiences i love to ride around in the back of the truck and you see all the views we were like crossing rivers and looking up at the trees and vines and it was uh that was actually one of i would say one of my highlights as well and while we were on our way to the finca it's actually halloween is tomorrow at the time that we're recording this it's october 30th but here apparently on um sunday there were a lot of folks out trick-or-treating i'm assuming because it's the weekend before halloween And so when I say a lot of folks out, I mean multiple families with kids walking up a hill in a pretty rural, well, very rural area. And even so, they were actually giving us candy as well as we were passing by. And so we were in the back of the pickup truck and they were giving us little candies to grow. And it was like we were trick-or-treating on the way up to the farm. And it was a really cool and, and unique experience. I'm thankful to Rio Chiripo for donating the trees that we were able to plant. And it's interesting because one of the retreat attendees, one of the women said that it had been her lifelong dream to plant trees in the jungle. And so I was joking, but also pretty serious and said that maybe this was what you manifested because I certainly did not plan this specifically. It was actually offered up pretty last minute as a bonus activity and ended up being super special and meaningful and and tied in with everything that we had been doing as a group and all the work and reflecting that we had been doing. And, and when we planted our trees, we actually planted this kind of final seed of, of how we could be of greatest service to humanity based on all of the work that we had done that week. And it was a beautiful way to finalize and recognize in a concrete manner everything that that we're working on on growing and building within ourselves i feel like i'm talking a lot do you want to say anything about the finca experience and the tree planting i totally agree with everything you just said it felt super special and honestly one of my favorite hikes i've ever done i (laughs) i don't know what i expected i thought maybe a leisurely walk to a meadow with the trees but it ended up being this like really cool mostly uphill (laughs) up a mountain um trail and it had rained hard the previous day and thankfully wasn't raining when we were hiking but there were definitely um moments where i felt like uh this this feels like another one of those moments where I'm being challenged. Not that it was a hard hike, but it's it's unfamiliar terrain, and when you don't know what to expect, you're put in a place where you're just kind of like, well, I'm here along for the ride, and 
that just made me stop and appreciate everything even more because I didn't know where we were going or, or what it looked like. Um, so I'm looking around at this very beautiful, unique landscape. There's water and moss and all these really cool plants and flowers that look like pink bananas. <laughs> just, <laughs> just all so cool and it made the view at the top so much more worth it because again, didn't know what to expect, but the cloud forest is is a really really special place and it was like somehow moody and also bright and mystical at the same time mm-hmm. moody and, and mystical yes for sure and when we got to the top we planted got to have that wonderful break with the traditional costa rican lunch that was that was really amazing yeah and we got our hands all muddy in this like orangish orange colored clay dirt mud concoction (laughs) as we're planting the trees and afterwards like you mentioned got to sit in this cabin and and all all chat and share some some additional reflections and actually right before I was gonna share my reflections I I stepped on a slippery something and I slid (laughs) and I fell into a bush really obnoxiously and I'm like, yep, I'm... <laughs> Remember, they're seeing you at your best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seeing me at, at all my my realness. And then I spoke after that. But it's so funny because something like that would have totally thrown me off a couple of years ago. You know, just kind of like the embarrassment of... It wasn't even they that... You can't see me fall in the bush. Yeah, just to have fallen into the bush and then get up and, and, and speak <laughs> elegantly about... <laughs> A meaningful topic but um, <laughs> that's the magic of coming to a retreat you know if you want to see me slip into a bush and then stand up and share inspirational thoughts with you then you know <laughs> you know where to find me there's nothing more inspiring than see- seeing people you admire fall into a bush <laughs> really? and then get back up again truly truly yeah and uh, I think this is a, a good moment to acknowledge this and Katie I've already told you but I I'm so thankful to co-host the retreats with you and I extremely admire your ability to lead people through such an empathetic lens and such a depth and such a elegance and grace and it would have been much scarier to slip into a bush and have to stand up and and still speak to people if I didn't have you there as as you know, back up and, and listening and adding in so much, um, so much really, truly uh, powerful and unique content, you know. So that's another thing. If you're going to host a retreat, it's it's so helpful to have people on the same page as you. And that's something that I feel like that I've been really lucky with and that we've even gotten closer than ever on this retreat, whether it's you boosting me so that I can step in through the window when we forgot our (laughs) keys and I stand on you with my muddy foot and then laughing in the night at mysterious noises that we don't know what they are but yeah I'm so thankful that um, that you were here and this is our second retreat that we've hosted together by the way if you if you weren't already aware as a listener thank you I really appreciate that and I just love what you've dreamt up and I I totally admire your vision for these retreats and I yeah I think you're amazing I will I will always pick you up um after you <laughs> fall <laughs> <laughs> into a bush <laughs> and 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Too much falling into bushes. We need to go to bed. It. Yeah. It's. It's time. And I. I'm really curious to try out this shampoo flower because one of our retreat attendees who is from here, well, from Manuel Antonio in Cost- in here in Costa Rica, said and, and pointed out to us that you can pour the water out of these really cool looking flowers into a glass and you can use them as shampoo. So I'm going to go shampoo my hair with this water from a flower and we'll see how that goes. Yes. I'm a little skeptical, seeing as a spider came out of my <laughs> my collection. Um, but I'll let you know. At the very least, my hair will smell great. Yes. And again, we have a little bit of the case of the sillies. We're a little bit sleepy, and but we're, our hearts are very full of joy, full of gratitude and love. So thank you for listening. If you are a retreat attendee and you're listening to this as well we love you we are wishing you happy travels home you're probably on a flight right now while we're recording this or sleeping somewhere in san jose but um <laughs> okay this is gonna be the end <laughs> do you have any final words um no fear no fear jai jai <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, if you made it all the way to the end of the episode, send me the emoji of the Costa Rican flag and I will give you a virtual high five, pat on the back and send you on your way. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.